Welcome to the Old Chick Snowship Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Arthurton. This podcast is dedicated to helping midlife women step into the inherent power and wisdom of a time of life when they often feel overlooked and underrepresented and even begin to doubt themselves. Each week, we will cover information and inspirational topics along with real stories from real women who are defying cultural stereotypes and perceptions of midlife. Women who are reinventing themselves, starting businesses, chasing their dreams, and tackling challenges they never thought possible. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Old Chicks No Ship podcast. Today, we are talking about a really inspiring story of midlife reinvention. And with me, I have Jenna Storty, who over the course of, I'm not sure even how long this was, but like facing death, divorce, cancer, remarrying, navigating stepkids, and in the process of that, really finding herself, which led to the creation of a movement, a group, and a book called Her Within. And it's a fascinating story in that I think all of us at some point in midlife come to this place where we recognize that, hmm, maybe we aren't connected with ourselves. Maybe we don't really know who we are. Maybe we've just been, you know, doing the things and playing the roles and making everybody else happy, but we need to find ourselves underneath this. And this is why I want to share Janice's story with you today. So welcome, Janice. So happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Awesome. So tell us a little bit about the unfolding of Janice and kind of what precipitated, like what led up to this place where you recognize that you were maybe a little bit disconnected from who you were. Okay. Well, I think the, probably the beginning of all this was about 12 years ago. And I think that was the post that kind of connected the two of us. Mm -hmm. And it all started with my divorce. And what is really interesting is as I'm about to speak all this stuff, I haven't really expanded on the story. I've just Mm. been like, oh, this is what happened to me. And this is what's going on. This, I've never spoken the entire story because I didn't want to hurt anybody. And I didn't, but as you know, it's been 12 years. (laughs) It is what it is right now. So yeah, 12 years ago, I was the one that initiated a divorce because there was years of unfaithfulness and Mm. I could not put up with anymore, but it wasn't with women. So there was a thing that was like, I couldn't get I wasn't mad because the unfaithfulness was with other women. I was more confused because I was like, uh, okay, I'm not what he wants. This isn't, I'm not the one. And I always had this thing in my head that I wasn't number one. And like, I didn't want to be treated like a princess, but you know, like wife has a certain space in a man's life and children have a space in a man's life. But I always knew there was something ahead of me. And then once I really started to dig and dig and dig, and there was a bit of a separation. And then I chose to leave the family house because I didn't want to disrupt my children's lives, even though I was disrupting it big time by leaving. And by doing that, it was also stopping him from any attempts on taking his life or anything like that. And I thought, I'm strong enough. I can do this. So I did it. Little did I know in doing that and in being the strong one thinking, okay, this is what I have to do. My mom decided to go to his camp because he was weak and she needed to help him. And I'm like, Mm. so I've got a divorce going on and I've got my mom going this direction. And on top of all that, 
my dad fell, broke his hip and passed away within six months. So we've got all that on top of this at the same time. And with all of this stress that was going on, I had my first, it wasn't really a cancer scare, but I was kind of on a watch list because every time they did any kind of swab or anything like that, I was coming back with, what was it? Like unusual cell something or other. Right, right. And when I sat down with a nurse, like they monitored me every six months for like three years. And when I sat down with the nurse, she goes, okay, we just need to do a timeline. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like, okay, well, okay, this is what happened this date. This is what happened this day, blah, 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 blah. And she started crying. And I'm like, what, what's going on? And she goes, do you have any idea how heavy all of this stuff is? And I kind of went, no. Wow. Because I kept pushing it down. Like, just like my husband always has this joke. He goes, yep, the Irish, they just push it down and pour whiskey on top of it. I wasn't a drinker, but I was doing the pushing. (laughs) There's a lot of truth in that. (laughs) But, you know, and that's not an uncommon thing. Like, God, that was the exact same for me. Like, well, so many of us, it's like, okay, I don't have time to deal with this. I got stuff to do. And so you just push it down, put a lid on it and pray for the best. Yeah, exactly. And then being, being a mom of, of two kids and like when the divorce happened, the boys were, they were 18 and 19. Mm. So that kind of, okay, they're not in school anymore. In my mind, I was like, okay, I can make this change because I don't need to be home for them. But it just turned their worlds upside down because I was the strength in that marriage. I was the one that kept house running, kept all that stuff going. So I moved out. This was the first time in my life I had ever lived alone. I had never (laughs) spent time by myself. And I'm like, okay, well, I've got a job. So this is good. So this is all great. I can so relate to that. (laughs) Exact same for me. I got divorced. I've like never been on my own. And here I am in my own place going, what? But yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So I rolled from, like, I was literally just rolling with the punches moved into, I, well, <laughs> during this whole thing, I got one position got dissolved in a company and they just picked me up and threw me into another one, which was planning four major venues for the Calgary Stampede, which was like not a small job coming from yeah. not doing it before. So I had the weight of that on top of me. And then I still had my ex-husband off on the side, trying to poke holes in things that were going on. And then I come back from summer holiday and they were dissolving that job. So I think it was about a year and a bit into that. So now I still remember I I took a selfie of myself sitting on my bed, tears running down my face, a little thing of chocolate ice cream and a spoon. And I'm like, well, this is what you're supposed to do. (laughs) I ate an entire thing of ice cream and I just sat there and, and cried. And I was, I was actually dating somebody at the time. And he said, I don't have time for this right now. And I'm like, here I am, number two again. Wow. Why am I always number two? And then I started to flash back. And in school, I was always the second one on the attendance list. When I was in band, I was the second flute. It wasn't the first flute. I'm the second child in the family. So what's going on here? Like, why is this stuff so connected? Interesting. Um, so, yeah. So I'm sitting there going, now what do I do? And because I was laid off, I got EI and I created a job looking for a job. So in my mind, I wasn't at my lowest low because 
I had all of these boxes that I still needed to deal with. Then they all started to just pile on top of me, one after the other, after the other. I'm like, I can do this. I'm a project person. I can do this. I, I can peel these apart and I can work them. I dealt with a few of them. And then I found another job. And then while I was in that job, I met my current husband. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, things are starting to pick up a little bit. This is good. But then I came into a house with a man who had three kids. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> wow. I'm, why am I doing this? But there, he just, he just made me feel just so good. Even now, like literally two weeks ago, the last one moved out of the house. So Mm. we are now alone for the first time in the 10 years we've known each other. (laughs) Wow. Nice. (laughs) Which is incredible. And now I'm in this interesting vortex of, okay, what is it? Who am I? What, What is it I'm doing? So there's this constant, this constant evolution. So while I had, I'm trying to make this as short as possible. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so I moved in here and then, yeah, and then there was dealing with a, a stepdaughter. I, I had two sons. I got, al- I got along great with his two sons. Stepdaughter and I were like this. Right. And I'm like, why is she so horrible? Why is she, why is it? Then I started working with an energy worker who helped me at the metaphysical level of understanding that. People are on my stage for a reason, for Mm -hmm. me to understand stuff, for me to unfold stuff. Holy moly. Whenever I see her now, I always give her a big hug because unbeknownst to me, she was helping me heal through so much. And that's like, there's something in the back of my mind that I would really love to get something going for stepmothers because Mm. any stepmom website or Facebook group or anything that I get onto, they're like, oh, these kids are horrible. This is uh, this stuff. Right. right. And I'm like, yeah, it's not, you, you got to look at this, but it takes a very brave person to take on a group of stepmothers. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know that's going to be my thing. So yeah, going through all that. And then five years ago, my mom passed away and she had been officially diagnosed with ALS in the January of whatever five years ago was 27, no, 20, I can't remember how many years ago. Yeah, 2017-ish, yeah. And then uh, she passed away in April. So she was four months with the diagnosis wow. because I believe she just went, no, I'm not doing this. I'm, right. No, absolutely. So there was one day I was sitting in her room. We had to move her into a care facility and I was sitting in her room with her and she's looking out the window and she's going, you know what? I have a regret. And my mom's Scottish, so there's not a whole lot of emotional conversations that right. go on. <laughs> and she said that she had a regret that she never traveled. And she was like an amazing gardener. And that was her life. Like spring, summer, winter, fall. She was focused on that. And she wouldn't. And she says, you know, I wish I hadn't come to this point in my life with regret. Mm. And I left her room that day and I went and sat in my car. And I thought there was a reason why I heard that. Like there's four mm. of us. There's a reason why I heard that. And I thought, okay, what's going on? And then she passed away, I think about two weeks after that. And I remember going to sit by a river and I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like, why are all of these questions so heavy on me right now? They've always been around, but why are they so heavy? And I thought, maybe it's because I need to make a change. Maybe Mm. there's something something's not connected somewhere, but I didn't know what it was. And that's, 
like when we went on like midlife and we go to bed, close our eyes. And next thing it's like, I wonder why bacon sizzles when it cooks and like, why, why, right. why do eggs go hard? And what, like, right. <laughs> it's just like, why? So, so you're experiencing all these things and these are not small things. Like these are all huge things. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you get to this point where you're like, holy cow, like, what am I doing? And like, how do I get out of this kind of thing? Or how do I chart a new path forward? Is that kind of the question you're asking yourself at that point? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I was at that point where I had a choice. I could keep walking down the same path and keep experiencing the same stuff, but something was pulling me this way. It's like, is it, and I wasn't, I wasn't on any kind of spiritual quest or anything at this point in time, I was doing marketing for a home builder. Like that was was my thing. This is so interesting because this is, this is exactly my experience as well. Like I was deep into the corporate world. Right. And just still knowing like at some level, knowing like that this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. There's something else and Mm -hmm. having no idea like where to go or how to get there. And I hear this now from my clients, like it's a very common thing. Like we start get pulling in that direction. And like you said, you kind of reach this crossroads where you're like, okay, I need to show up differently in my life if something is going to be different. And how yeah. do I do that? Exactly. Exactly. Right. And I, I started listening to podcasts. Like mm-hmm. I, I left my job June of that year and I got journals and I got, I got books galore (laughs) and I started, it's like, okay, I need, I need something. I always tell women, your answers are not in books, but a book may twig something that you make that turn and you go left instead of going straight. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I, I did for like I did it for like two months and then I was helping some friends in one of the venues at the Stampede that year and I was riding the train home and I was listening to a podcast of somebody that we both know in common and she had mentioned her retreat that was coming up and I'm Mm -hmm. like what I had never been on a retreat I had no idea but something she had kept popping up and popping up so I thought oh what the heck let's see so next thing you know two weeks later I am in a Nissan something or other driving on whatever the highway <laughs> is in Southern California, taking myself to a yurt. <laughs> right. Like, what am I doing? It was the best thing I could have done for myself. I spent three days. I think it was like, <laughs> if you ask Elizabeth what she remembers about me, it'll be the amount of times I cry. <laughs> I had, <Ditto. laughs> I had so much all that buried stuff, years and years and years and years, all buried, had totally disconnected me from myself. And 100%. when we started doing simple things like hip movement, in my head, I could hear my mom going, don't do that. that oh, that's, that's sexual. Don't, don't, don't do that. But it was like, what is this? Like, what's this feeling that I'm getting? And it tingles and then tears and more tears and more tears. And it was un believable. And that was my big turning point. And then I came back. And a couple months later, I was at the uh, my naturopath, I knew I needed some kind of cleanse, or I needed something. And he said, Well, you're gonna feel this one differently, because you've reconnected with yourself. And I'm like, what? Went and sat out my car. And then I'm thinking to myself, I connect. who did I connect with? What do you mean? I was like, there's like, there's a her within me that I, there goes again. (laughs) 
I just got covered in tingles. And I'm like, her within. That's my thing. That's, I've got to tell women that there's something in them yeah. that they need to reconnect with. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's all about, it, they talk about, people talk about onions and removing layers and all that stuff like that. And the way I describe it is your her within is like in the center. And every time there's a life layer, there's another circle. Mm-hmm. And I drew it out one day and it looked like a flipping purple onion. Right. <laughs> What this is so important because, you know, so many women I hear who get to this place in their in midlife where, you know, their kids are leaving home, you know, their career has changed somehow, or maybe it's just not as satisfying, or they lost a job, or they've had a divorce, or like whatever. There's some kind of life event in there. Mm-hmm. And then they're looking forward into the next chapter of their life, and it's like this complete void. It's yes. like this big empty hole, and they're staring into it, going like, okay, what? Where do I go from here? How do I get there? Mm -hmm. And I think the importance of what you're sharing and which is definitely my experience is the way to fill that hole is not by, like you said, books, podcasts, or anything. The way to fill that hole is to connect back in to Mm -hmm. you and discover who you are because the process of life, like the way we do life today has so disconnected us from ourselves. Huge. Absolutely. Yeah. I talk about I have learned and now I talk about the stages of a transition and I think about all the things that I went through and how I didn't transition properly. So something ends and then something begins. Mm -hmm. And as a woman, it's like, oh, there's an empty space. Got to put something else in there. I can't have, I can't have this emptiness, but in a transition, there's three stages. There's an ending, there's the bridge and there's a new beginning. And it's that bridge that we like literally run over. It's like, no, I don't don't want to sit and listen to anything. Like I've got to get past this. And every single transition, even divorce, like it was within, I don't know, probably within two or three months, I'm on plenty of fish. And I'm like, I need companionship. I need, this is what I need because I didn't know how to be alone. And once I figured that out, wow. And the big part of the process that we gloss over and step over because for many reasons, like is the grief and the completion, right? Like you can't have completion of something in your life until you fully grieved it, right? And for us, like, and this is definitely true for me. It's like, I don't have time for this, right? Like, I'm just going to like package this up in a nice little package and I'm going to put it on the shelf and then I'm going to go do the thing that I need to do. Exactly. And I remember one time, like in the middle of my divorce and I was at a party and a friend of mine came up to me and she said, man, you make this divorce thing look look so easy. Mm. And I remember at the time thinking, oh my God, this is such a lie because inside I am like crushed. I am like falling apart. But on the outside, it was all pretty packaged and look, look, I'm moving forward. You know, I'm, I'm dating. I'm got my new house. I'm like, it all looked good. But I never actually stopped long enough to really fully understand what that loss meant to me, to grieve that loss, to close the door on that loss so I can move forward. I ended up carrying it with me for many more years than I probably should have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That is the biggest thing that I learned was closing off what was, being in what is, Mm -hmm. and not rushing to what will be. Like that... That's, I actually had to, because I'm, I'm going through that right now, because I stepped away from, I thought, 
thought I had to be a coach and a mentor and all that, mm-hmm. because when you go through a spiritual journey, you have to teach everybody else how to do it. Right. But it was like, this something's wrong. Like it never, it never connected properly with me, but I love communicating. So mm-hmm. I've written a book. I've got, I just started my YouTube channel a couple of weeks ago. Right. I, and I love doing social media posts. I love communicating all this information to people and take what you need and carry on, ask questions rest. if you have to. But it, so I actually asked my husband, I said, would you mind if I took April and May to be on my bridge? Cause he understands my language. And he's right. like, oh, absolutely. I know how important that is to you. I'm like, thank you. So yeah, I decided to get my That's COVID beautiful. shot. And I put me flat on my back in the middle of the bridge, but <laughs> I'm here. Oh, well, so be it. So what do you think, I mean, so aside from transition, which is so incredibly important, and I'm going back and I'm even now, right now, in the process of going back and closing some open loops that I had created in my life that need closure. And I think that's an important part. But if there was like one thing that you had to say to a woman who is kind of in that place of like, okay, I'm feeling disconnected. I don't know where to go next. Like, what's the one piece of advice, the one thing that you would say to her? Two words, find her, find her, do the work and find, find her. She's, she's in there there. She's Mm -hmm. always been in there. She's been sending you messages, but we don't hear them because we're so busy. But if we find our stillness, find even just sitting, drinking a cup of tea. And if you get like a little message or you might see a visual of something, or you might see numbers on the clock that it's like, Oh, that, that, that anything it can come in so many different ways but as soon as we open that little door to reconnect with her the way I described it to people is like the two of you are walking along through life everything's great everything's great and you're going in the right direction and then all of a sudden you take off and go this way she sits down on a log and just waits and meanwhile you're over here you're all over the place and little, 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 and then you get back on the path and then you look back it's like oh she's still there so right. you work your way back by working through all the different life layers that you've gone through and go through timelines, do life inventories, like all the stuff that I've learned over the past five years, I implement regularly right. and bring you back to her. The other thing that's really interesting, so you've done the spiritual work and you've connected with her and then you get to a point, it's like, I feel lost and alone again. What's happening is that you two are back together again and you're walking down the path. And then she gets a couple steps ahead of you because you're like your higher self, your intuition, yeah. your, your soul yeah. self. Yeah. Yeah. It knows where it's supposed to be going. So it's like two rungs up ahead of you on a ladder. And then you're back here going, I don't, what's going on? All you have to do is look up. It's like, oh, I just have to go like raise my vibration or open myself up to something more. And then just take a couple more steps. And it's like, oh, that feels good. And then you go along a little bit more. Yeah, that's so true. And often what's keeping us, so there's our higher self leading the way ahead. And our human self is what's actually keeping us back by fear, doubt, limiting beliefs, stories, all of that stuff, right? And it's thinking, right, <laughs> thinking, analyzing, right, trying to control and manipulate, right? When the reality is, it's like, okay, what do I need to do to catch up with her? Like, trying to push yeah. the story behind me and move, and move forward. It's so interesting. So that leads us to your book, which entitled Find Her, which is perfect. And in this book, you ask 20 questions that every woman should be asking herself, basically in the process of finding her. Yeah. 
And I would love to be able to go through all 20 of those, those questions because I think they are amazing questions. But if there are kind of one or two or three of the most important questions that women in midlife should be asking themselves to connect back in, what would those be? My favorite one is, am I aware of the energy shifts in my body? And this particular question came about because we bought a microwave. We decided to buy a microwave that goes like above the, the, over the the range, my OTR, over the range microwave. And my husband was on crutches and we went into the store to go get it. I used to be such a martyr. I had to do everything. Like, no, it's okay. I got it. I got in control. But what it was, was I was controlling. I wasn't in control. I was controlling. So I had done so much work to release all this stuff. And it's like, okay, everything's good. Everything's good. And we buy this microwave, put it on the cart, come back out. It's kind of like a, like a slushy, slushy, snowy outside. And he's standing there. And I'm like, I put my hand out and I, I said, no, I've got this. And I, he woman, this thing off the cart and try to get it back into the back of my minivan. And he goes, I'll, I'll put the, I'll put the cart away. I went, no, I've got it. And it, all of a sudden, I felt this surge, this weird surge go through my body. And I put the cart back. I came back. I sat down in the minivan. And I, I just started going, what was that? Like, I literally felt it go through my body. And I think that was a warning sign that you're going back to old ways. Don't mm. do this. This is not you. Don't do this. Yeah. And and I, I knew at that point that when you have any kind of, when you have energy in motion, it's an emotion. Mm-hmm. So when that energy in motion starts to move, you got to let it go. Don't yeah. do this. Yeah. And I did that for so many years. So we sat in the parking lot at the place we bought the microwave and I just bawled for probably about a minute. And he just kind of sat there. <laughs> okay. Like, what do you do? Yeah, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> get up and go to the kitchen. And I just bawled. And then it was like, okay, okay. That felt good. And I remembered that. And that happened probably, I don't know, probably happened about three years before I wrote the book and it came right to me. So that the questions all came to me when I was sitting beside another river and it was almost like a final exam, literally just one after the other, after the other, after the other. And I just kept writing. It's like, oh my goodness. And afterwards I looked at them and was like, wow, these are good. But that is probably my favorite one because it's recognizing that something is trying to move through you when you're sitting there and there's tears about to come out, you might not know why, but let them out. Or you may kind of find a pillow, go hit yeah. a pillow or something, or go for, my other favorite one is to go for like a super brisk, like, you know, the, there's a, a meme on Facebook and it's like a, like an eagle, like walking like this, like going, I call them mean walks, go for a mean walk, like just get it through your system and move it through. Yeah. The angry walk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's the one that I feel the most. I've also got, do I trust or control? And that particular question has actually triggered a lot of women to send me a message and go, you know, that really ticked me off. Like, I don't know why it ticked me off. And then I refer them to another question. It says, why am I triggered? 
What is it about trust and control that triggers people? Well, women, and I am a recovering controlaholic, women who need to be in control, like literally everything. I was like that. The fork, the spoon, the knife had to be in a certain way. If my stepdaughter put them the wrong way, it was like, you are wronging me. Right. Like, it's, why can't you do this right? Why can't you? And then a battle starts. But when women are in such control of everything, they're not trusting anybody and they're not trusting themselves either. Yeah. But they're not trusting anybody to like help out, to do just a little bit. They have to have, I call it a chokehold. They have to have this chokehold on life because if they open it up a little bit and they let somebody in, that means they don't have full control. Yeah. So, yeah. And that was my world for the longest time. And now I'm regularly saying to people, oh, oh, yeah, let's do that. I trust you. Or I'll just trust a process that's happening. Going through breast cancer and not questioning everything along the way just trusting. I had the most beautiful experience from beginning to end. It was incredible hmm. because I just, I trusted. I wasn't going and going, well, this doctor needs to tell me this and this has to happen and this has to happen and this has to happen. It was just like, whatever day was something was going to happen, it was going to happen. Whatever doctor I met the next day, that's the way it was supposed to be. And it, it just allowed everything to flow rather than like putting these hard conditions yeah. all along the way. Yeah. And it really is like, I think what you're speaking to is just acceptance of what is right. Like without like the opposite of control is acceptance. Right. And so there's so much freedom in just like letting things be and trusting yourself to be able to navigate it, letting people be the way they are. Right. Like that was, that's been a huge lesson for me is like, I don't need you to be a certain way anymore because I'm good. You can be whoever you need to be. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then that's, that's where people get triggered. Because it's something isn't the way it's supposed to be for them. But if they trusted in what was happening, they may see that, oh, this person is doing this. Why am I so triggered by it? Why? What's happening? And it's the looking in the mirror. And those people are on your stage for a reason. And they're there to show you something. The lessons that I learned from well, she's going to be 21 this year, but from 11 to 20, well, 11 to 18, and then she moved away to university, but 11 to 18, like, oh my goodness, the stuff that I learned, but I was triggered with absolutely everything this poor girl did. (laughs) What, and what's beautiful about that, it is like literally divine orchestration because what the next chapter of our lives is asking us for is trust more than anything. Like we're staring into the abyss, like we see nothing in front of us in this next chapter. And now we have to go, it's calling us inwards, like you just said, to find yourself and then trusting yourself with what comes up for you. Exactly. Right? Like the, If there is a hallmark of what midlife is, it's about connecting and trusting yourself. Yeah. And those are, with her within, those are the three things I talk about, is to find her, to trust her, to love her. And those are going to be the three books I'm working on Trust Her right now. And what's hilarious is as I'm writing Trust Her, I have to sit back, I have to practice what I preach to like a level I have never done before. And if I have a day where it's no writing, okay, I trust that. This is so, so true because... 
And trust is probably one of more the most difficult things that we face because we have literally been steeped in condition from the minute we get into school, right? About to control and push and manage. And, you know, like the idea of just kind of pulling back and trusting what comes up is like, well, like what's wrong with you? Like you're lazy or you're, you know, you're not taking control of your life. You're never going to end up somewhere, right? And I'm now like, I am literally deprogramming all of this stuff. (laughs) right? Exactly. And that's kind of what we're going through in this time of our lives. And also coming, like coming out of a divorce where there was, out of a marriage where there was years of no trust. Like I just could not, I was living in a land of suspicion. Every Mm. corner I turned, Mm. everything just like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And I just couldn't, I couldn't trust. And then that starts to affect me because it's like, well, I can't trust, I can't trust this person, or I can't trust this person with my kids, or I can't trust, I can't trust this process, or I can't trust the universe to guide me. Like it just got so out of control. Yeah. That's a lot to carry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a lot of heavy energy to carry. Yeah, absolutely. But I feel like a lot of it has, has just disappeared. Like conversations will come up about things that are happening right now that, Number one, I don't care about. Right. I I am not going to put out the energy into something that I don't care about. Yeah. Like you can share all your situations with me, all the bad stuff that's going on, and I can be there to listen, but I'm not going to absorb it. I'm right. I just I can't do that. And boundaries is another one that I talk about. I talk mm. about it because I didn't have any for the longest time. Most of us don't because we've never been taught. No, exactly. And I thought it was like a suit of armor. Like this is like, you have to come armored up and this is your boundaries. Like, no, 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 no. I was going beyond the boundaries I should have set for myself as well. It's like when you're giving and giving and give, that's another chapter. When you, (laughs) they're all interconnected. It's incredible. Yeah. You keep giving and giving and giving. And I realized that like, Certain people would call me, I'd drop everything I was doing and run to the rescue. But then when I didn't, they're like, what's wrong with you? You don't care yeah. about me anymore. It's like, yeah. uh, no, I care about me more. Yeah. I don't have to do this. I don't have the hole in my heart that I was using you to fill up with. Yeah. I filled it myself. And going through breast cancer, I had this, it was almost like an explosion of love. Because I, it's something I never heard growing up. I just knew, but I never heard it. Even in my first marriage, I never really heard it. I just kind of knew. And because of that, I wasn't sharing that with my own kids. Now, I make sure I do it all the time mm-hmm. because I get it. Like, I, I understand there's, there's no restrictions on who you can say it to. Like, if you feel it, you say it. Mm-hmm. You give it back out there. And after dealing with cancer, it's like, whoa, okay, this had gone longer, this could have been really bad. Okay, I understand. And now I just I feel it constantly, which is something I never felt before. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's when we because again, as women, we are conditioned to see our value in what we can do for other people. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, again, since we're kids, we are taught, you know, to smile, be nice, do the right thing. Don't rock the boat, you know, and and it's literally that conditioning that gets us to this place where we are so disconnected from ourselves. And that's why 
midlife is such an important and powerful point in our lives is because we are now given the opportunity either through life events or just our own intuition or whatever it is to now come back and be like, okay, my job right now is just to find myself and to honor myself and to love myself. And from there, the rest of all of the questions you have about your life and your next chapter literally roll out in front of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it is so like when you go to bed at night, close your eyes and it's just like question after question, after question, after question, after question about silly things. Yeah. But it's so nice when you get to a point where you can just lie down, close your eyes and I don't know, think of a rose or something like you're not inundated with questions. And when those questions are so big and so heavy, it's like, my world is literally unraveling around me. Like I have lost control of everything. And one thing seems worse than something else. It seems, and that they're all connected. I remember times when three o'clock came around and I wanted to strangle everybody I worked with. I walk in the door in the house and it's like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I found out that I had burnt out my adrenal glands. And everything was being produced at the wrong time of day. But here I thought it was like, I thought I was just an angry person. Right. And that went on for years until I found an answer to that. So So true. I always look at at everything like when there's a, a physical thing going on, there's an energetic side to it. There's like the Western medicine side to it, and there's a naturopath side to it. And those three together, they might all work together, or maybe just one of them or something can really help us through a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And if there's the big heavy medical stuff on top of just life, it's like, which one do I deal with first? How do I, how do I get through this? Yeah. And I think what I loved about your 20 questions is it really brings back the idea that like life is happening for you, not to you. Mm -hmm. Right. And like helping you to unpack that and helping to understand your own role in it. Right. And then giving you an opportunity to see like, what are the changes that you need to make, which again, so beautiful. Figuring out who, I I think that's one of the the last chapters in the book is like, who am I in? Like, who am I looking at in this mirror? Yeah. And a while ago there was a, that it was the 10 year, comparison thing on Facebook where oh yeah (laughs) yourself from 10 years ago and then picture now and I had done it was that year I had done a like a professional headshot photo shoot thing and I took a picture from 10 years prior to that and I took one from this I think I had like 15 different headshots done and I'm looking at them and it's like the smile my smile was totally different like the first one was like, hey, I'm here. Like this is right. me. I had, I was dying my hair. I just, my complexion, like everything. It was like, like who was she? And when I think of that and I think of this one, and it wasn't just because it was professionally shot and my hair, my makeup and all that stuff was done. But I told the photographer, actually he was a friend of mine. I happened to be in Vancouver and he's like, hey, let's do this. I had told him, because there was one point I was, I was sitting on the floor and he took a picture and he goes, Oh, he goes, that's a, that's a carefree kind of picture. And I got up and I looked at it and I started tearing up and I'm like, Oh my goodness. He goes, we don't have to keep this one. I went, no, that's, that's me. Like that's, that's that's the real me. 
I feel inside. And when you get to see that, it's like, wow. And then that's one of the points that I realized the work that I've been doing on myself works. Like it's a lot of work, but it does work and it feels so good. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. I mean, everything starts from the inside out. Like the answers to everything we need are inside. And our job is to go find the answers by going inwards. So this has been amazing. Where can people find your book? So if people are interested in, okay, what are these 20 questions that I need to be considering? Where can people find your book? It's on Amazon. So amazon.ca.com, UK, everywhere. And And it's called uh, Find Her, right? Yeah, it's called, (laughs) if you type in just find her, you'll get some murder mystery or something. So if you actually type in find her and the number 20, mine comes up. And it's oh, a white okay. cover and it's a woman kind of going like this through the cover. Like okay, people. perfect. Well, we, we will find that and we'll put it in the show notes as well too. So people can link to it from there. But this has been really, really inspiring and interesting because again, I know there are people in my audience who are in this midlife phase who are like, like I said, staring into the abyss and not knowing where to go next and having 20 questions to be able to begin that journey is I think incredibly powerful. So yeah, thank you for, for your work. Very welcome. And the, the, the way I did the book, it's the type of thing where you can just throw it in your purse. And if you're sitting in a doctor's office or waiting for a bus or something like that, you can just flip to any question. You don't have to go one through 20. You can just like, up or if you have a favorite, you can keep going back to it because you will get different answers as you, for every layer that you remove, you'll get a, you'll get a different answer. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Ooh, this has been Awesome. (laughs) Amazing. So everybody go check out if you're interested in the 20 questions to begin your own discovery inwards, go check out the link in the show notes to her within on amazon.com and uh, love to hear where you guys end up. So thank you, Janice. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Old Chicks No Shit podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give is to share this podcast with a friend, subscribe, rate and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen in.